Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Erin Moran. And I'm David Lively. And this is Talking Shop, where we explore some of the stickier challenges that come up in advancement. And today we're talking about toxic competition between fundraisers. That doesn't exist at all. <laughs> Never heard I don't know of what that. you're talking about. We all get along like one big happy family. <laughs> you know, it's um, most fundraising offices in universities are um, structured in such a way that it's frequently very obvious who a prospect goes to. But there are always examples of times where there's sort of a um, overlap between people. And of course, we all know prospects are human beings. And unfortunately, human beings have a tendency to do their own thing rather than what we want them to do. <laughs> and they're also, um, uh, you know, apart from what most fundraisers and almost all deans think, they're not one dimensional. Right. And that's that is part of the reason is that we treat them like they're one dimensional oftentimes. Yeah, but they are not. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything that's always kind of irked me, it's when people get um, uptight about their prospects. Well, I was going to say my prospects. The word "my donor" <laughs> is maybe one of the worst phrases yeah. uttered in our business. Um, yeah, you know, and and I think it's it goes to a sense of ownership that is, I think, rather unpleasant yeah. in, in many ways because the donors are the university's donors. Yeah, and it's unfair to the donor. I mean, imagine how you would feel hearing people talk about you like that. That's right. Right. It's That's just right. not very. Um, it, it's not a good thing. Well, I think so. A lot of this goes back to um, a number of things. Uh, first is incentives. Mm-hmm for fundraisers. Um, so how are they measured? How is their performance measured? What are the incentives? And how do, the, how do those incentives oftentimes become perverse that create this sort of toxic behavior? Right. And then what can you do about it, right? Right. And then for managers, um, how do you create an environment that, in, that actually fosters and incentivizes collaboration? Yes. But also still maintains what I perceive, what I believe is a, an appropriate level of healthy competition between and among a fundraising team. You want people to be, to really want to do well, yeah. at least relative to their own goals, maybe not relative to everyone else. Right. But a little healthy competition is not a, is not a terrible thing. No, yeah. But it is becomes toxic when fundraisers um, behave badly, essentially. Yes. And we've all seen this, um, those of us who've worked in the field a long time have seen this kind of thing where people often, the way it comes up in in my view as a person who's always been kind of internal facing is um, you start to see it when people are keeping secrets and um, sort of entering clandestine data and things like that, right? So they're trying to um, sort of um, kind of maintain a separate prospect system where they're kind of assigning things to themselves uh, unilaterally um, in a way that kind of deviates from the normal office process. Right. And I think, so there's a number of things. The best thing 
best things, in my opinion, you can do to combat some of this are, are the following. And I'm just going to have a few examples. First, managers have to illustrate to people on their team what types of behavior they need to model good behavior. So yes. a good example of that is, uh, so I manage a fairly large team of fundraisers who uh, you know, travel around the world who are based in Chicago and New York and San Francisco and other places. And yet I also am a fundraiser. So I'm trying to model behavior with my team. One of the things I require is that I want to make sure every donor with whom I work has met at least one or more fundraisers on the team because I want the best thinking around each proposal. I want someone else to tell me what they think donor A or donor B or donor C is likely to do and why. I want to hear a different perspective. I have blind spots. Some of them I know, some of them I don't. Right. And I want the best thinking around how to approach this donor or that donor for a gift, right? The other thing is succession. If I were to leave my institution tomorrow, what would happen to all those conversations about gifts and that were planned for the near future? They would probably not persist beyond my, my being there. And that's, that gives me great concern and I want to make sure I'm doing right by the institution. So it's really important to me that every donor I work with has met someone else when possible. Right. And in the, the in the current case of my portfolio, every single one of them has met at least one, in some cases, several of the fundraisers on my team. It doesn't mean that they're going to um, spend huge amounts of time with this individual, but I will often encourage other fundraisers to see my prospects when they're traveling to places where they, where my, my prospects live. Right. Because if I'm having to get on an airplane, I'm, I'm going to only go there so often, particularly depending on if it's if it's a hard place to get to. So I need other people to help me out. Right. Yeah. It's um, there's there's all of those considerations, right, about sort of how how you figure out a way of sharing uh, pro prospect relationships rather than sort of owning them. But even broader than that, to me, I think is um, just taking a look at the culture that's set at the top surrounding things like what gets evaluated, what gets measured, and what gets Incentives. appreciated. Yeah. Now, you are um, very well known for your um, metrics devotion, and um, and I'm a big fan of, of the metric system that you uh, put in place here at Northwestern. I myself feel like, having worked with you, there's something that's kind of left out of conversations about metrics, which is that it's sort of a, a, a major piece of the pie, but it's not the whole pie. That's right. Well, there's two things I'll say about metrics. One, as you know, I clearly believe in having performance metrics because they, they help define success. Right. They illustrate in a dispassionate way which fundraisers are performing well and which ones are performing less well. And that's right. really important as managers to be able to identify the best talent continue to promote them, help those who are not performing well, learn how to do better. So it's important for, for education and everything else, right? Um, but, I, but I do think that there, there are incentives you can also create, which we have, to foster collaboration. So we actually get yeah. credit when you partner with someone on a proposal. We have assist credit when you assist another fundraiser with his or her solicitations. And there's any number of ways in which you can do that, but some sort of material substantive assist with an additional proposal will actually help your own fundraising score and the mm -hmm. metrics that we use. And so we've tried to we've tried to bake into our system um, collaboration with incentives. But also to your to your first point about this is, you know, we you don't want to be working with people who treat each other like jerks. 
Right. And so exactly the fundraising metrics, you know, for your your actual productivity as a major gift fundraiser are only one part of our performance evaluation. We also have what we would call Northwestern behaviors, which are another major part of your evaluation. Right. And for managers, how are you managing your team in all respects, by the way, to provide them the support they need to be successful, also to be collaborative. It's also part of your performance appraisal. But when you look at the Northwestern behaviors, a lot of it is how do you work with your fellow colleagues? How do you communicate? How do you collaborate? Right. And fundraisers who don't work well with other colleagues here generally don't have lots of opportunity for growth. And it's always a, it's always a challenge because some people have a little bit sharper elbows than others um, in this business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, they can be highly successful and still be collaborative and others are, are you know, maybe not so much. So you, you have to find that delicate balance, frankly. I always kind of get the giggles at the expression sharp elbows because it's one of those um, trigger expressions. Um, my Martin and I like to, um, my husband and I like to joke about when people will say, you kind of got to get to know him. Like, he's a really <laughs> nice guy, but you kind of got to get to know him because anytime somebody says that, you always know it's a jerk. <laughs> you know, Do I have to get to know him? I really don't. <laughs> Fair enough. But what I'll say is, you know, I don't, there's no one type of person that, that makes a good fundraiser. True. So, and sometimes people have their own blind spots and it's how they interact with staff. They're not trying right. to be rude or trying to be a jerk. They just, you know, they may have a blind spot that makes it such that people perceive that at times. Oh yeah. And right. so I think it's important to, but, but they may be really, really good. And they, and they're, they may connect extremely well with donors. Mm-hmm. And they'd be really good at raising a lot of money. Yeah. So I forgive a little bit of that. Yeah. To, yeah. to a point. And we're, nobody's perfect too. Right. So I mean, I'm not saying that you know, but but there is a point at which I think, and it's it's funny because this goes beyond fundraising. This is really just about human beings. Every every in, um, field of I'm sure has the same issue where there's just people in any office environment who, um, left to their own devices will behave in a way that kind of drags the organization down. And what really I think matters is how you respond to it. Because if people are treating one another poorly and it's normalized and it's rewarded or it's overlooked, um, it's not just the people who are on the receiving end of that poor treatment. Everyone around you gets kind of the message that um, you know, that that kind of behavior is tolerated and it ends up costing you good people. Well, what you're getting at is culture. Yeah. Right. And so you create a culture that, that is collaborative and it has to, as you say, it has to start at the top. A good example of that, I think that we, we're very proud of here and we're not perfect. We have, I'm sure we have all kinds of flaws in terms of, you know, probably not doing enough to foster collaboration, but we do work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of our donors who are what we would call principal gift donors, that is people who have given $5 million or more, most, not all, but the vast majority support multiple areas across campus. Mm-hmm. And some of the most competitive people are not fundraisers, but the deans that they support oftentimes. And so deans you know, have a perspective, that's my donor. They'll say that even to a greater degree than a lot of fundraisers. Um, and it's our job at the senior part of the our advancement team to help them understand that this gift may not go your way this time, but it may next time, and it may be bigger. And that if you if you continue to get this person involved in the life of the institution, 
they're gonna, they're gonna it's gonna expand their understanding of the mission of the institution, but it will also expand the size of their giving. Right. And so you might get a million dollars today, and the dean down the street might get a million dollars in a year. But if you're if you really work with that donor to help him or her execute on their philanthropic goals, you might get five million dollars, you know, in a year and a half. Right. For a lot of things, including the two areas that were supported. And it's that kind of thinking that I think works best um, when you create a culture that is collaborative with your fundraising team. And I've seen it. And we, you know, we have I, all the five million dollar donors that I work with have supported at least two or three or more units within the organization. And it's always amazing to me to see them find a new area and support that and see that some of the deans who have been recipients in the past also support that because that shows a commitment from across the institution to celebrate the good things this donor is doing, knowing that that donor is going to come back and support them again. Right. Absolutely. And you have to have that faith that um, there's room for everyone at the table, that it's not you versus me. It's it's all of us. You know, where I really see this coming um, into play is with plan giving, because plan giving is one of those areas where the the very best plan giving officers that you will meet are always people who are really good at collaborating with other people because in the end of the day it's really about um the you know the long-term um ultimate commitment that is achieved through years of wonderful stewardship of those gifts along the road that's right and trust mm -hmm. building up trust um you know but i i don't think it should i mean i'd like to think that any area, any fundraiser can have a service orientation to the institution, to, right. including parts that perhaps they're not responsible for raising money for. Right. And that's the kind of organization that tends to work best. Um, and there are, you know, best in class organizations tend to have fundraisers who are thinking about, you know, the university, not just the unit. Right. And again, it goes back to culture. But I think you, you have to create incentives. Mm -hmm. You have to model it from the top. Mm -hmm. You have to find it and be aware of it when you see it and then make sure you also make an example when it's when it you start to see bad behavior. Right. Call it out. Right. Make sure everybody understands that's not allowed. That's not the way we function. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I think that managers and leaders and organizations need to understand and need to need to do to help mitigate bad behavior among fundraisers. Right. And that's mitigation is really what we're go going for, because again, nobody's ever perfect and, you know, you're dealing with human beings. So you're always going to have these little conflicts and dust ups. And that's really not what we're talking about so much as the people who kind of drag the entire department down because of their poor behavior. That's right. That's consistently ignored. Well, and, you know, new people at an organization are going to look at how others behave and interact with one another. And it's and the best thing you can have is a really great group of fundraisers with with serious longevity and a record of success, and watch how they interact with one another, mm -hmm. and that's how you can model behavior across teams as well as from top down. And I think that's one of the things we're also very proud of. We've had incredible longevity here, and a lot of people who really like each other mm -hmm. and want to see the institution succeed, and as a result, they also work really well together. It's such a wonderful thing to do too, because you're creating a, an opportunity for people to sort of plant their roots and grow within the organization and find, you know, themselves settled. I got to say, I'm in a, a similar situation. I'm, I 
I'm working at Evertrue. I will tell you that it is a great place to work if, if anybody's looking for um, a new spot. But the thing that always strikes me there is the culture. That it's just such a um, mutually supportive, collaborative, um, friendly culture. And um, it is such a joy to work in an environment where you know, you're not scared that you're um, going to make a mistake and everybody's going to laugh at you or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's, there's no, you're not going into work with the daily stress of having to be on the lookout for so, something bad to happen to you because somebody else is going to try and do something bad. And I think when you work in a place like that, when you find an environment like the one that you're, you've got at Northwestern, um, I think, I think you, you do tend to say, okay, you know, if I'm, I'm in a good situation here and I want to grow internally. And as you and I both know, but you've done research on this, I mean, that really longevity is a huge, huge factor in what makes fundraisers successful at an institution. So you're talking about really not just making it a better place to work, but really making it a more successful shop. Well, and I, my last point is exactly related to that. And that is, don't think that this is your last job at the organization. Mm -hmm. So if you move up within the organization, you may be in a different type of position and having to work with people that you, if you, if you were, if you were, you know, behaving badly mm -hmm. in a toxic fashion, all of a sudden you may have to work in a different place and interact with people that you treated badly in a previous position. So it's important to think about, you know, you may have go from, from one unit and then to overseeing fundraisers in multiple units and all of a sudden, you may have to be managing people that you didn't treat very well. And that's never a good recipe for success. And so think about, you know, what your path is going to look like at the organization. And think about the fact that you want to treat everybody fairly and, you know, with decency. Um, but you also want to do right by the institution. Mm -hmm. And so all those things together, it's just, it's just always smart to create that kind of collaborative culture, create the incentives along with that, that, that will enhance that collaboration. Amen. And just just in closing up, I will say, because I I feel compelled to say, because I have worked with you for many years, you really like put your money where your mouth is. I've seen you live this out. And that's one of the reasons that I think people really love working with you is that you're not a person who um, sort of tolerates that kind of um, rottenness and just kind of ignores it. You really kind of address things so that you make sure that it's a safe and and um, collaborative environment. Thanks. Well, I mean, I, I try, but also my, it's my job as a manager and a leader in the organization to do that. I mean, yeah. it, one of the great things you can do as a, if you're a more senior level fundraiser is you have prospects you can actually pass to other people. And so there's currency to that. Like you can, you can illustrate by example, you know, what mm -hmm. collaboration looks like by saying, I think you're going to be a better person at managing this prospect than I am. I think you have a better, you, you tend to have a better relationship than I, than I can. I would like to give this prospect to you. And I've been been doing that for years and it people are shocked when you get give away a prospect a really good one especially five million or ten million dollar prospect simply because a you don't have time to manage them or b because you think someone else might actually connect with them better than you and some of that's just having you know some self-awareness and empathy mm -hmm. but it's also really smart for managers to do that right because their teams will they'll see this kind of behavior and it'll have incredible impact on the morale because people understand that their managers are thinking about their success as well. Absolutely. Good for you. That's it for today. Thank you guys for talking shop with us. 
And um, if you have any questions or anything that you'd like us to explore, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at talkingshop at evertrue.com. Till next time. Thank you.